We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Wolf, only got like less than an hour before you're off to Tennessee. Man, you know what? Honestly, it's one of my favorite places, though. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Have you ever been right now, Basin Orleans? What is the first thing you think of when you think of Nashville? Well, you're supposed to think music and barbecue. but Well, barbecue! I, I can tell you this. I'm telling you, man, right now, Jack's Barbecue. Jacks, a little barbecue. That's right. Write it down, boy. See, I'm just hungry. We shouldn't have done this yet. Um, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I love going there, and it's going to be fun. It is. Um, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be two practices. And I was hoping for two practices. It's not. It's going to be one practice, but it'll be cool. Universally, almost universally, covering the Coyotes and just players that come through town because the NHL obviously has Vegas in their league, right? First first uh, of the four majors to have Vegas in their league. And, and every player I ask, like, okay, where's your favorite place to go like on a road trip? Like, where's the one you're like looking for? They all say Nashville. 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 It's over fantastic. New York, it's over Vegas. Small, yeah, it's still small. It's kind of a small city. It's got that, that small city feel, yet it's a city. They have a downtown, man. They got a strip, you know what I mean? So... ESPN did their NFL quarterback council, and they ranked the top 10 quarterbacks in a lot of different categories. All right, Wolf, so I I found this. I didn't really look deeper than just where they have Kyler in each of these categories. All right, but they've got, uh, what is that, 9, 12, 12 categories. Arm strength, accuracy, touch, mechanics, field vision, decision-making, compete-level toughness, in-the-pocket, scrambling, rushing, and second reaction. Okay. Kyler Murray. Top 10 in about half of them, right around seven in most of them. Like, to give you an example, they have him seventh in arm strength, okay? They have him seventh in accuracy. They have him 10th in touch. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a, a stretch there where they don't even have him in the top 10 in a lot of these categories, like uh, mechanics, field vision, decision-making, compete level, toughness. Those are five pretty, pretty important categories. Uh, and obviously, scrambling and rushing, they have him, I think, three in scrambling and four in rushing. Yes. So... I'm not going to say like a surprise. I think that's about what you would expect, right? Like if you just if you set aside all the crazy numbers and you just say which of these categories is Kyler Murray good in, you would say he's good arm strength, good accuracy, good touch, really good at scrambling and rushing, and that's yeah. basically what they've said. Yeah, you know it is. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I look at this more as a positive than it is a negative. But you know, I honestly, how do you play? That's what it comes down to. How do you play? Yeah, we can rate quarter. Quarterbacks on their arm strength and accuracy and their compete level and field vision. You can you can do all that. How do you play? That's what it comes down to. And this is the way that quarterbacks will be judged going forward. But right now, again, I get it. Here it comes, the quarterback council. First of all, did you know? There was a quarterback council. I did not know I, that. I did not, no. I did not <laughs> I know that. I don't electing these people, to be honest. Uh, do they have a wedge buster council? Do uh, they have that? If they um, don't, you could start it. <laughs> you know, if only they had a wedge anymore. We'd need the wedge. If they did, I would start the wedge buster council. You would start this. and maybe Who you should would be start your first it. call? Okay. Um, who would be my first call? 
wedge buster extraordinaire. Oh, man, that's a good one. Bill Bates. I'd have to call Bill oh, Bates. Oh, wow. You guys would have to join I'd, forces. I would have to call Bill Bates. I don't think he's taking your call, to be oh, honest. Oh, no, he would <laughs> You're right about that. He would not take the call. But anyways, you get my point. Um, Start this on the plane ride to Tennessee. Start up your Wedge Buster Council and then see how many people you get signing up to just want a wedge salad. Do we know who's on the council? I I think we do. They actually had some. (laughs) The look on your face right there. Um, I asked you a question. I I shouldn't have gone like a lawyer. A lawyer, you never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. I've got the answer. Oh, oh, okay, great. It's uh, Matt Bowen, Tim Hasselbeck, me. Kimes, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed, Lewis Riddick, Mike Tannenbaum, Seth Walder, Field Yates, and Football Outsiders team of Aaron Schatz and Derek Clausen. Okay. Lewis Riddick. Lewis, you know I love you, but stop it. (laughs) What are you doing in there? I mean, I thought a quarterback council, of course, would include nothing but quarterbacks. Well... Not this one. Okay. So this is perfect for you. You can do the Wedge Buster Council, and it can just be okay. whoever yeah, you want. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> You're right. It does. It opens up the horizons here. Yeah. This is, a, this is one of those deals that it's kind of interesting to look at it. Arm strength. Josh Allen, number one. Okay. Josh Allen, number one. Aaron Rodgers is number four on that. They got Pat Mahomes, number two. Justin Herbert, number three. How dare you put Justin Herbert number three in front of Aaron Rodgers? How dare you How besmirch Justin Herbert's you? name on this show? You know, I, I, I thought that was interesting because he does. He's still, Aaron Rodgers, still has a cannon. It's well, stunning. And I think part maybe what's dragging Rodgers down is those rookie receivers that can't catch his passes. I mean, just ask him. He told us that last week. It's, it's them bringing <laughs> right. him down. You know what I found interesting is you get down to accuracy. And this quarterback council clearly does not include Tyreek Hill because they have Patrick Mahomes at number four and they don't have Tua at number one. And as Tyreek Hill has told us, See? Tua is more accurate than anybody. Yeah, for me, as I was looking at this, Luke, it really wasn't about Kyler Murray and where Kyler Murray fits into all this. It is interesting. Yes, I understand it. The arm strength is certainly respectable. The accuracy, the touch, his arm talent, I think they, they respect overall. But it, it was everything else that I found really, really interesting. Aaron Rodgers and his accuracy is number one. Tom Brady's number two. And Tom Brady, I just thought for sure, how dare you say that Tom Brady isn't the most accurate quarterback in the Nash? How dare you? Um, I'm sure that's what Tom said. Or maybe not, because maybe he doesn't care. Because maybe he's checked out. I don't know what to think of Tom anymore. Um, we'll get back into this later. Because I, I, I How wonder... dare you put Aaron Rodgers in front of Tom Brady in terms of touch? Well, they don't have masked singer uh, talents on here. I don't think that's by the way, isn't category. touch accuracy? Isn't that what it's all about? You ask questions like this. This is why you'll never be on the quarterback council. If you're going to stand for poke holes. Never. You just ruled yourself out completely. Uh, all right. Phoenix Suns just announced a brand new Nike Classic Edition uniform celebrating the third... 30th anniversary of the 92-93 Suns team who went to the NBA Finals. We're giving you the chance to be the first to own one of these jerseys. Just text jersey to 620-620 and you could win one of these brand new jerseys. That's jersey to 620-620. Now now that the Kevin Durant saga is over, apparently, how can the Suns make up for such a quiet offseason? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, if you believe it, everything's perfect in Brooklyn, Wolf. The Nets got together. And just because they all looked at each other, apparently, it's all fixed. They're not going to trade Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is happy now, even though two weeks ago he said it's either me or the coach and the GM. Now it's me and the coach and the GM, and everything's perfect for Brooklyn. So I guess they will just win the next four titles. Nobody's ever leaving, and they're good to go. Yeah, you know, honestly, I... I don't believe it, and I know you don't believe it as well. Because it's a little convenient. We have talked about it already. This is just a way to actually hit the reset button on the trade scenarios, I think, that are out there right now. And that, as I said earlier, means that it's hitting the all is well button. That's what you're doing. Um, yeah, you've, you've got to have some type of civility going forward. If in fact, Kevin, if in fact we're going to get equal value for you, you've got to help us. You, you have got to help us because if this gets really nasty, everybody knows you got Wolf and Luke down there in Phoenix. All they're talking about is the fact that you have to be moved before the season starts. Because they know this is untenable, the situation, that you're going to come here. And because of that, they're not going to offer everything that they could. Because they know they have leverage. Because we have to get rid of them. Talking about the Brooklyn Nets, of course. So now this is a way of wiping all of that out. It wipes it all out. Hit the reset button. Hey, anybody that was talking to us earlier... Did you not hear what we we had a meeting with Kevin Durant and that <laughs> meeting perfect now. that meeting went so well Luke you got to be kidding me so if you're going to come back with another offer on KD you better up it it better be real the because thing, we're not going to give him away the thing that's funny to me is reset button look he may very well start this season on Brooklyn I hope he does. If you want the Suns to get him, you hope he starts the season on Brooklyn because they can't make a real offer that's going to get him at this point until the middle of January anyway. At this point, I'm over it. I'd rather just run it back with with the team they have. If you tell me Kevin Durant gets traded here this afternoon, then I would obviously get on board, and that would be exciting, and it gives you a better chance. But I think I'm about where you were, I don't know, two weeks ago. Yes. Because I like the team they had. Yes. If this were the Phoenix Suns from a few years ago, I'd be like, no, no, you figure out a way to make this happen. But the Suns already have a good team, a potentially great team, if not for four bad games in the span of nine days, they had maybe their best ever team. So I'm fine just going back with it. And I think most Suns fans are. I don't see a lot of heartbroken Suns fans on social media today. But I'm not buying the Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn. I, a year from now, he's not on Brooklyn. Yes. He's definitely not there four years from now. No. He's not playing out this contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I don't know that I want Kevin Durant a year from now, because if you still have to give up a ton, I mean, I, let me phrase that differently. If you get Kevin Durant a year from now, that's fine. But there's a certain limit here. Like, he's not going to play forever. I don't need 37-year-old oh, Kevin God. Durant where I have to give up everything. So there is a point here where it really helps the Suns, and that would have been this offseason or maybe this season. Yeah. There's a point of diminishing return. Right. And, and once again, if I'm wrong on this, you know what, and it is over, I'm okay. Like I said, I am. I came to that conclusion a couple of weeks ago. I am okay with it, man, because I think he's... 
drama king. Wherever he goes, there's drama that follows him. And I don't think that is something that I care to see. He might actually make the Phoenix Suns better. As a matter of fact, intellectually, I think we all know he does make them better. But to me, at what cost? Yeah, look, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, he's definitely still coming to the Suns. I'm just saying I don't see him playing out this contract with Brooklyn. This is what you would do if you were Brooklyn if you needed to trade him. You would go to Kevin Durant and be like, look, dude, we got to calm this down because we can't get anything for you right now. Now, you're still not going to get equal value for Kevin Durant if you trade him in five or six months because there's a limit to how much teams are allowed to trade in the NBA. You can't trade all of your first-round picks. There's certain players you can't trade. So this is not like the NFL where it's like, well, hey, throw in another running back and two defensive backs. You can't just throw in a bunch of more stuff. So there's only so much leverage they can really have. They'll never get equal value for it anyway. But if you felt like you were not getting anything, this is what you would have to do as an organization. All right, look, that is good stuff right there, honestly. Do we have Jordan on the line right now? Yeah, we do. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Ron. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Basinonians, many, many years ago, I was a football coach at Phoenix College. I coached a kid named Corey Nocta. Corey, of course, played inside linebacker for us, and although he was kind of small for the position, he was one of the best football players I've ever seen. Unfortunately, Corey was diagnosed with ALS at the age of 38 years old. Can you imagine right now a Glendale fireman This is what he was. He was hit with at the age of 38 years old. And I, I know that this is something near and dear to me and my family, but I I hope that you'll understand, Basinonians, this is something near and dear to our entire community as well. Jordan Spurgeon is a producer. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us right now. You did a mini documentary on Corey Nocta. Tell us about that. Yeah, Ron, you had reached out to uh, my boss, Brad Sessman, and just kind of told your story with Corey and let us know what was going on. And so instantly when, when Brad told me about it, I was on board and it was going to be kind of a short story. And then I sat down with Corey and his lovely wife, Kimberly. They've been married for four years and sat down with them for maybe two hours and uh, just had a conversation with them about everything. They were very open about what it's like battling ALS and their time around you and his time at the fire station. And so it just turned into the story that um, really summarizes what it's like to live with ALS when you know that ALS is a disease that you can't really fight and win. There's no winning against ALS. It's one where you go in knowing all you can do is prolong it a little bit. So it showcases that. It showcases this love and support that he's gotten. I know you started a GoFundMe that's raised over 40000 for him. It shows that. Um, the firefighters uh, that he worked with at Goodyear have been there for him every step of the way. Kimberly's a nurse. She's been there helping him. And, you know, we got the Arizona Cardinals involved and some others involved financially. And it would just turn into this really big thing that I'm very fortunate that Corey wanted to share with us because I think it's really powerful to share his story and share his mindset through it and, and how people can overcome, you know, a tragedy like being diagnosed with ALS. Yeah, that is it right there, Jordan. You nailed it, man. First of all, it was Goodyear. I said Glendale. I do I do that all the time. For whatever reason, Goodyear and Glendale get mixed up They're with close. me. But it's close right there. Goodyear firemen, of course. Your number one takeaway from Corey, the person of Corey Nocta. What was that, Jordan? 
Corey's the guy, when you walk into a room, he makes everybody feel welcome. Um, but everybody I talked to said that's how he always was growing up. I know he was the captain on your football team at yep. Fire Station. His, his four short years there, he left an impact. And even since the diagnosis, he's still that guy that walks into the room and, and wants to help others. He knows he's going through a really tough battle, but he still wants to help others, um, whether they're going through the same battle or their own stuff, because everybody has things they're going through. And so he really is someone that just cares for others and puts them above himself. And I think that's a big reason why his story just has so much impact on others. Hey, Jordan, where, um, where and when can people watch this? Yeah, so right now it's on uh, the Sports360AZ.com website. It's called ALS to Ashes, the Corey Nocta story. Um, so it's on our YouTube and website. And then it starts airing on Valley Sports Arizona today after the Diamondbacks game. Um, slated for 9 o'clock for now unless the Diamondbacks decide to play a bunch of free baseball today. Uh, then it'll get moved back a little bit. And then it'll, it'll run on Valley Sports Arizona uh, through the end of Friday. Jordan, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your expertise and your work and your professionalism on this. It matters, big guy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ron. Have a good one. Appreciate all you've done for Corey and, and all of this. God bless you, buddy. Thank you. That's Jordan Spurgeon joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right there. And, yeah, Wolf, I remember you mentioned the story uh, on the air a couple months ago. And now to see it kind of told in a different uh, medium. I mean, it's, you just got to get the word out as best it's you can. It's just very, very cool to see the entire community rally around him uh, the way that they are. And um, once again, for me, he was the epitome of everything that a football player uh, should be. When he played, he was the epitome of that. Right now, he's still fighting ALS. He's doing it well. Um, he's, he's as strong as he's ever been. But but watching him play when he was a football player, um, everything that you would want, tapping into the essence of the game. His name is Corey Nocta, and he was one of the best football players I've ever been around at any level. He epitomized what the game was all about in the essence of the game and love him for it today. When we come back, the Cardinals headed to Tennessee for a joint practice with the Titans. Wolf's only got one more segment, so we're going to ask him, what does he expect when he gets to Tennessee later on today? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. (laughs) We saved the good stuff. For last. We're going to play all the Green Day after you leave. Tim Ring comes in. <laughs> Boy, look, Timmy, there's Green Day. You know what, Tim? You are Green Day. This all right. Yesterday, people ask me, well, does Wolf think this band is Green Day or do they think this band? Yes. Wolf thinks every band, starting with Green Day okay, and on, yes. is Green Day. I know. There's a certain sound that is out there that I do think Green Day kind of started. Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe the Pixies, maybe good points at the Pixies and say they were a huge part of it, too. But I think Green Day, for the most part, they had their own sound. And there's a lot of people that sound like Green Day after. Fair enough. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury on his plans for this week. We'll practice against them Wednesday. It'll be um, 
limited competitive periods. We'll do our own thing some and then come together, but not just a knockout, dragout type practice. I think we're both kind of in the situation. Got some guys banged up. I want to get that competitive fire going. And then Thursday, we'll scale it way back, have more of a mental day for everybody. And then Friday, walk it through and Saturday, play the game. Yeah, this is not going to be your daddy's joint practice. This is not you wanted your daddy's joint practice. I wanted, my, I wanted my daddy's joint practice. This is not. They're not going to practice 11 on 11. This is not going to be your beatdown, find out who's tough practice. It will not. Um, having said that, though, they are, as you heard, Cliff, they're, they're going to engage in some one-on-one drills. Okay, Um one-on-one wide receivers will run routes, of course, against corners. Tight ends and running backs will run routes against safeties and linebackers. So they'll have one-on-one covering routes. Offensive linemen will actually take pass sets, I believe, against defensive linemen for the Tennessee Titans. That's what they're going to have. But all of that, to me, is... um that, that I don't want to say passive because it's not passive. It's competitive, and they compete. Imagine a wide receiver going against a cornerback one-on-one. Now, the guy's running a route, but it's not like running a route in a corner covering you is hyper-physical. <laughs> it is not. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> That's right. We'll see, but it's not supposed Get to be. Get the mitts on. Somebody put the mitts on. <laughs> um, you know, it's not supposed to be very aggressive. Uh, this is not going to be a, a physical slugfest from 1985. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it because here's more from Cliff. Uh, he talked about calling Vrabel to reduce it down to one practice this week. No, I mean I asked for it, so I called Vrabel and asked for it, and um, just with where we're at health wise, and he was kind of in the same mindset at this point. Let's let's get in there, have great competition, and get out healthy. You are, I mean, what almost a month now into training camp. It, it, it kind of gets lost, Wolf, that, okay, this is the last preseason game. So mentally you think, all right, so like the regular season starts the following week, right? No, the regular season still doesn't start till September 11th yeah. for the Cardinals. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not like training camp got shortened, just the preseason got shortened. Right. Yeah. No, I, honestly, um, listen, it, this is, we used to have blitz pickup, like blitz pickup. Can you imagine that? They'd, they'd stand a group of linebackers about seven yards away from you, and you'd be, you'd be standing there in your running back group, and they'd call one of you out, each one. Okay, hey, give me 58, <laughs> whoever 58 was for them. And hey, Wolfley, you get in there. And they'd call you out and literally have this guy take a seven-yard run at you. And you had to try to act like you were pass-protecting him. It was one of the most physical, brutal, (laughs) sacrificial things. On the other team? You could possibly. against the other team. This is against the other team. Can you imagine the intensity level? How intense you were? It It was fourth quarter Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, I would say it's overtime Super Bowl intensity. Because you were sitting there thinking everybody was watching you. Your coach was standing there, and sometimes the head coach would come over because this was the pinnacle of training camp. You were going to find out if a guy could actually stand and hold up against another man who got a seven-yard sprint at him trying to rush the passer, and it was your job to keep him from the passer. The guy behind you patting the ball. It was Luke. It was some of the most brutal 
headache causing drills you could possibly do. It was it was even worse in Oklahoma. Did and you? the reason why it was worse than the Oklahoma drill is because the guy was standing seven yards away from you. And many times he'd act like he was going to run around you, and he wouldn't. He'd run right over you. Can you imagine that? And, and you do that every practice against them. <laughs> did you ever have the joint practice with the Giants with Lawrence Taylor? Or did you get to avoid that? I did. Did you really? Fact, yes, I did. But they, <laughs> they didn't have Lawrence rush running backs. They, they had him rush offensive linemen because no team in the league would ever block Lawrence Taylor with a running okay, back. Well, so you, that worked out for you. That's why he changed the game. He changed everything. You can't count him as an outside linebacker. What are you talking about? He's playing outside linebacker. Yeah, but you can't count him as an outside linebacker. He's a down lineman. That's what he is. He changed the game. He changed protection schemes. And then everybody was looking for the next Lawrence Taylor. Everybody. And guess what? Kids started emulating him as well, growing up, saying, hey, I've kind of got his size. I kind of, I have his speed. I've got his burst. Maybe I could be the next Lawrence Taylor. He set the precedent. He set the bar. So this is this is what it was, and now this is what it's going to be this week. Here's Cliff. They asked him, hey, are you cool with the players going out while you're in Nashville? No, I, I want it to be you know some camaraderie and um, team building type stuff. We'll have some events and, and do some stuff together. And um, Obviously, we've got to be smart, but I think it'll be a good trip for those guys to be around each other, come together some, and um, break it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be aware of where you're going to yeah. do the practice, yeah, right? No, I think that's great. You're going it can to be, Nashville. It can be a team building experience. It can. There's always going to be one. Okay, I'm just saying right now. There's always one in the ointment, especially when you're at the 80 man limit. If you know what I mean. Well, we're getting cut down to 80. Today, right? Isn't yeah, today, today the day we're getting the some players trimmed down? Boy, this would be the worst time to get cut right before you go to Nashville. Oh, so don't man. get cut now. <laughs> if you're going to get cut, get cut earlier or like next week. Yeah, don't get okay. cut right. But I'd still go to Nashville. If I was on the Cardinals and they cut me today, I'd be like, yeah, I'm actually going to Nashville anyway to uh, visit friends. So I'll just see you guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot worse, too. Times you could be cut. Trust me on that. Yeah, but this has got to be up there. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you off air. Okay. Now I kind of want to know. Uh, just announced comedian Tom Segura is heading to Celebrity Theater for a special Netflix taping of his new world tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10, but you can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When we come back, Tim Ring's going to step in for Wolf. Marcus Golden hasn't practiced since August 1st. What's going on? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hi, welcome back to the show. Tim Ring is in for Wolf. We just did the uh, call to the bullpen right there. Man, that is right out of the bullpen. Just hopped out. I was in the neighborhood, uh, Luke. I was in the neighborhood. Why not? Heard you needed a little help. 
The music's already switched. Wolf's gone, and, and Maloney's playing Third Eye Blind. Oh, I thought this was Green Day. <laughs> Wolf was still here. It would be Green Day. I didn't even tell him I went to see Incubus and Sublime last night because he'd be like, "What was that? Green Day and Green Day?" Like, uh, yeah, obviously both Green Day. Uh, how you doing, Tim? I'm good, man. Good, good. No, good. glad to, glad to fill in. Oh, Wolf's got to get on the plane. So happy to pinch it for what? Two hours and fourteen minutes. What do you got? What do we? We got Durant. <laughs> Hey now, hey now, don't dream it's count? over. It sounds like you're on a pitch count. <laughs> uh, we're going to start. I want to start with this, actually. Marcus, yeah, shoot. We, we didn't get to talk about this with Wolf, but this is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of flown under the radar, and, and I don't think it's a big deal, but there are a few stories out there. Now Kent Summers wrote one of them, actually, but there's there's quite a few even like nationally now. Marcus Golden hasn't practiced since August 1st, okay? On August 1st, Marcus Golden tweeted out, underpaid, unappreciated, and undervalued, but I'm still working. So the timing there has got some people you know, wondering, hey, what's up? Marcus Golden was on with Burns and Gambo on August 1st, and they asked him, look, is there any chance you would hold in? No, nah, no, nah, man, it ain't about holding out or nothing like that. But of course, man, of course I want another contract because I want to be here. I want to be here, man, and uh, to be real, I feel like I earned that, man. I put in a lot of work, and uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep putting in work, but no, it ain't about holding out or nothing like that. But of course I want to be here, be here longer for sure. First and foremost, he did earn it, and they need him. And I'm not even saying he is holding in, just the timing's weird. You know what I mean? Where he gets the toe injury, and it might very well just be a toe injury. He's a, he's a pass rusher. You need you need that like planting foot to push off. But just the timing has got people looking and being like, well, okay, but what if like what if the Cardinals came to him with a new contract? Would it be like DJ Humphreys, where everything was suddenly cured the next day? I, I look back, and I, I always kind of thought, that the DJ Humphreys thing got rectified r- rather quickly, all mm-hmm. things considered. But I thought there was a good chance back then that DJ Humphreys was also holding in. Yeah. Because even Cliff Kingsbury during that whole ordeal was a little wishy-washy on what was wrong with him. Is he injured? Is he sick? Is he going to be back? We don't know. I mean, but eventually they got that done. But he was back the very next day once he got signed. What's funny is, you know, you do these you do these sports shows. You guys come on every day. People write articles and kind of lost in the shuffle until Kent's article the other day was, well, yeah, boy, it's it's been since August 1st that Marcus Golden has been on the field. Like, how bad of a toe injury could this be? Oh, wait a second. Here's what he did tweet back then. Obviously, we just heard that clip on with Burns and Gambo where he says it's not about holding out or nothing like that. But, you know, was Marcus Golden being completely genuine with that statement? I think it's fair to say, or at least discuss now at this point, well, here on August 23rd, that yeah, there's a legitimate the shot. Three weeks. He is holding in. Um, and you're right. It kind of got lost in the shuffle because people just look and they're like, OK, Golden didn't play in the preseason game. Well, none of them are playing in the preseason games. But then when you when you take a step back and you're like, I haven't seen him on the field in three weeks. I, I, I tend to take Marcus Golden. Golden at his word, but there's enough gray area here where there's certainly a scenario where, where I could see the team saying, look, we're working on a new deal for you. You're hurt. Let's not push it. It's the preseason. The Cardinals have shown how they feel about the preseason anyway. They're not playing anybody in these games. They're not even playing most of the second stringers. So maybe there is maybe there's a middle ground where the team is like, we're working on a deal. Don't risk any sort of further injury. We'll get this done. You get back in here and we'll be fine. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think he's going to like miss the first game of the season. But you're right. Kent Summers put that story out there and it kind of crystallized things of like, you know, actually the exact date he sent that tweet was the last day he was actually on the field. There's no way the Cardinals can go into the season without Marcus Golden on the field. I mean, no. when you lose a Chandler Jones... And you're trying to figure out how you're going to make up for that production. I mean, Marcus Golden, and I think everybody 
knows this now actually ended up with more sacks last season than Chandler Jones. So here's a team that had concerned about concerns about the rush, the edge rusher going into the season. That was with Marcus Golden. And now you've gone virtually an entire training camp without the junkyard dog out there getting reps, getting himself in football shape. I assume he's working out. But he's not getting in football shape. He's not out there with Vance Joseph's guys uh, every day on the practice field in Glendale, uh, which is not ideal. Doesn't mean he can't be effective in week one against Kansas City. But you'd like to have all of your 11 guys out there going through the, the, the rigors of training camp because that's how you get better and that's how you bond as a football team. But the Cardinals can't go into that first week either. If, if he's, I guess here's where I'm going with this, Luke. If he's holding in, they got to give him some more money. If he's out because of a toe, we're going to find out soon enough. And maybe Mark, maybe it's both. Maybe he had a sore toe, and he's like, "Listen, I think it's probably both." You know, I, 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 I'd also like a new deal, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back and tell him exactly 100. percent The toe's still bothering me, and I also want a new deal. And maybe we can get everything buttoned up before we hit the the 10 day mark out from well, from that that season opener. They have the cap space too. To pay of him course now, they you know, do. Obviously, you and he's not making corner. that much now. No. So even to give him a significant bump would not exactly break the bank. I mean, I think he's due around four million dollars this year. He's your best pass rusher on this team. And maybe one of these rookies you drafted, or maybe Victor Dimukeji or Dennis Gardeck eventually evolves into a really good pass rusher. But Marcus Golden's a very good pass rusher right now. Everybody else, Luke, is a question mark. I know Gardeck had that really impressive stretch. Uh, when he got an opportunity to play a couple seasons ago, but still a question mark. Obviously, the rookies are question marks. You know, Kennard, a question mark still, even though he's a veteran. Marcus Golden, by far and away, is your most effective pass rusher. Marcus Golden's the kind of guy that makes an offensive coordinator on the opposing team maybe think a little bit on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. There's not, other, not a lot of other guys rushing the quarterback on this Cardinals defense right now that would keep an, offen- a, an offensive coordinator and an opposing quarterback awake at night. And, it would, and, and, and that happens when you lose Chandler Jones. Yeah. That's fine. But Marcus Golden at least has the ability to be one of those guys. And you got him, get him back out on the field. And if you have to cut him a check for a little bit more money, then so be it. Let's get it done. It also speaks to the bigger picture here with this Cardinals team, too. And we've had this discussion all week. And, and I'll get your thoughts on this, too, obviously, as we go throughout the show. But, like, the Chiefs did play some of their guys in their preseason game last week. Patrick Mahomes played. He threw 19 passes. Like, it wasn't one drive. He played. Threw a couple touchdowns. Cardinals aren't really playing anybody in the preseason. And maybe the bigger deal, Tim, is like... You start to look at the guys that haven't been able to participate in camp much. Marcus Golden, Rodney Hudson, Antoine Wesley, uh, J.J. Watt now. Kyler Murray for a good chunk of this really hasn't been on the field much uh, in camp. He got out there more last week, but he obviously hasn't been on the field in the preseason. I'm not saying I'm concerned, but I am aware. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I think probably a lot of people should be looking at this. you got the Chiefs in week one. You've got the Raiders, and you've got the Rams, and you're you're – most important players, are they getting prepared enough? Matt, it is a great point. And it does not mean that they're going to go out there and, and not be a, a cohesive unit in week one. But at the same time, you have training camp for a reason. And, and, and that's, that's, that's to get your you know what together before the and these season. These other begins. teams are using it. And these other teams are out there with the, with all, with all 22, barring a few injuries here and there. Kyler Murray's had the issues, of course. I mean, JJ Watt missed training camp basically last year. Uh, and he was, but I mean, he, he he's, he's, fine. A, he's a different animal. But ideally, yeah, you want your guys out there because that's how you're getting better every day. I mean, I would assume that's the purpose of training camp is to go through your stuff. And, and, and to get buttoned up and, and sharpened 
and ready to be operating at a very high level when the season begins. I mean, this as I'm hearing myself speak, this sounds so very obvious, but you brought up a great point. They just have not had a lot of their prominent players on the field this training camp. What's what's funny is when you when you when you talk to the Cardinals front office people after last season. One of the things they pointed to, especially for Kyler Murray, Luke, was that he's really going to benefit from a full off season. Off-season, Hasn't yeah. had that because of COVID. So he's going to be a lot better playing a full off season schedule. Well, as it turned out, for a variety of reasons, he's hardly done anything yeah. from a team standpoint. It, really, it, this offseason. We're talking about a lot of different individuals, and some of them, I mean, some of this is not, the Cardinals have no choice. If 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 Marcus Golden is legitimately hurt and can't practice, okay, he's hurt and can't practice. If, if that's the same with Rodney Hudson, okay, that's fine. You can't do anything about Kyler Murray having COVID, but I'm just saying in general, if you said every team was was didn't have a lot of their stars out there in camp and didn't have any of them out there in the preseason and week one's coming up, how do you feel about the Cardinals? I'd feel fine about the Cardinals. But again, like I'm looking at the Chiefs, they don't really have any injuries right now. They got like one or two guys that are injured, and they they ran most of their starters out there for a couple drives in their last preseason game, and they they look good. And the Chiefs, look, they are a team that lost Tyree Kill, and, and, and they're trying to work in a few new players in the passing game. The Cardinals aren't going to have DeAndre Hopkins, and they're trying to work a few new players in, in the passing game. I said this to Wolf yesterday. If the Cardinals, if this way they're approaching the preseason and camp backfires and they start slow in week one and you're playing Houston, who cares because you're better and you're going to beat them anyway. You start slow against the Chiefs, you're going to be down by 21 at halftime. So there's the stakes get raised because of who you're playing in week one and uh, and, and week two. Right. What One would think, especially you brought up the offense, so I'll just kind of piggyback off of that. One would think that the most possible reps, whether it be in training camp practices or preseason games or joint practices with the Titans that are not, it's now just one practice. All of those reps would be vital for, let's say, a combination Kyler Murray to a Rondell Moore right now because his role is going to be more prominent in 2022 as the Cardinals try to kind of revamp their passing game on the fly because not only have you lost Christian Kirk, essentially for the first six weeks, you've also lost DeAndre Hopkins. So they're working with entire kind of different looking look, yeah. receiving core here. So valuable reps that have been lost because of injury and other reasons and the fact that the reluctance of the coaching staff to play these guys in preseason games, which I totally get. Yeah, I'm not saying it's I'm not wrong. saying that. Yeah, Just I'm not saying they should play them. Into week one. But again, when you don't play them, you don't get those reps. So you just I, you, what you don't want a rusty team in September, and then have Cliff Kingsbury up there at the podium, you know, when you're one and three or two and two, blaming a lack of offseason reps on why they've started so slowly. That's what you don't want to see happen. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, today's top store, sports stories all in one place. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Tim Ring is now in for Wolf on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.